we don't want to leave here the same way, bringing, um, leaving here with the same stuff. Lord God, no solution for our problems, Lord God. We want change, Lord God, right now. We want change. We are desperate for you. We are seeking you, Lord God. We are so thankful that we can call you our father, our provider. Have your way in this place today. Don't make this a regular service, Lord God. Father, I pray that, that people will remember this moment here today, Lord God. Thank you for, for choosing me to minister your word, Lord God. What a great honor it is, Lord God. Think with my mind and speak through my vocal cords this morning. In Jesus' name, somebody give him a shout. Hallelujah. You may stand for the rest of the service. Hallelujah. Amen. I got no takers this morning. So the purpose of this message is, or really the whole series, is really to, um, to, uh, for us to gain an understanding that the presence of God is within us. Amen. I don't know if you know that or not, but the presence of God is within us. Although it's within us, it still needs to be pursued. Amen. Right? So in the Old Testament, the, um, uh, uh, the people used to, uh, well, I, I should say the, in the Old Testament, the presence of, of, of God was uh, within a, a, a Ark of a Covenant, right? And, and um, so they used to pursue it. They used to go and follow it wherever it went. Um, you know, they used to chase after the, the presence of, of God. Like, we don't have to do all that right now because the presence of God is within us. It's within us. It's like we don't, we don't only have to come to church and wait for an ark to pass by. The presence of God is within us when you start to worship God. When you start to give God your praise, when you start to honor God, the presence of God just starts working inside of you. You start tapping into that presence. The presence of God loves to be pursued. I would say that again. The presence of God loves to be pursued. Do I have anyone going with me this morning? So we don't have to do all of that. Like, but like, do we take advantage of the access, access we have to, to commune with God? Like we could commune with him day and night. We don't have to wait for an ark to come by. The ark of the covenant is within us. It's in our hearts. It could be in our home. Right? But do we take advantage of that? I mean, his presence is everything. When, when we pursue God's presence, he, he presence, he, bless, he blesses us abundantly. See, in his presence is where seeds are planted. His presence is the water for the seed. In his presence, souls are healed. Bodies are healed. There is fullness of joy. Dreams are born. The flesh dies. There are times of refreshing 
in his presence. Well, I hope y'all are ready at home. Amen. Some of y'all need to be in church right now, but it's okay. We're going to bring the presence of God to you right now in Jesus' name. The power of his presence. I think we underestimate the power of God's presence. And it's within us. That's something. We're powerful people. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're you a little powerful. You're just a little powerful. Yeah. So, we, so we're, we're talking about Joshua. We're in the book of Joshua. Joshua's a powerful book. It's a book of power. Talks a lot about the, the power of the presence of God. So let me tell you, if you're not ready to fight spiritual battles, if you're not ready to overcome, if you're not ready to be uncomfortable, don't read the book of Joshua. Amen. Stay out of that book. Because when you read it, I know when I read it, just like, oh, my gosh. See, Joshua was a man of courage. See, the, see, the book of Joshua is like the Ephesians in the New Testament, right? Because the book of Joshua talks about we, we are his people inheriting land. Ephesians, we are inheriting life. It's powerful. So you have to fight for it, though. It's not going to just be given to you. So if you're not ready to overcome, if you're not ready to fight what God's calling you to do, don't read the book of Joshua. Don't read the book of Joshua. Don't read the book of Joshua. And Joshua is powerful. I mean, in the book of Joshua proves that God rewards faithfulness. I mean, he was faithful to, to Moses. Right. And um, and he was one of the 12 spies. Right. Who, who went to spy, um, spy the land. You know, God told them that this the land was full of milk and honey and it was promised to his people, to the Israelites. And Joshua was one of the two that came back with a good report, said, yeah, this is the place that God's called us to be. Let's go. Let's let's go. Joshua was faithful when others weren't. Right. Because he he focused on the promise and not the problem. Right. See, the other That's ten, right. the other That's ten right. focused on they saw the problem, the problem. They forgot all about the promise. That's right. That's right. He Joshua is like, if God said it, it's ours. If he said it, it's ours. I don't need to waver on, on, on my decision. I'm, I don't need to be afraid about what I see. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. He focused on the, pro on the, on the promise and not the problem. I encourage you right now, God sees your faithfulness. And he says, I'm about to reward it. Amen? So he's telling us, he's encouraging us right now. Don't focus on the problem. Focus on the pro promise. Amen? Anyone going with me this morning? So here, the Israelites were in transition. Both physically and spiritually. They, they were facing a new future with a new leader. You know, Moses is dead. 
you know, and um, so now Joshua is a leader. You know, Moses, powerful. He was a powerful leader. I mean, Moses accomplished a lot. It's hard to fill his shoes, right? Uh, so Moses was, he was the, the man that went to the mountain. God gave him the Ten Commandments, right? Um, um, uh, Moses was the one that, that uh, saw God face to face in a burning bush. I mean, Moses was, was powerful. I mean, just the, the fact that when he first approached Pharaoh and, and, and got instruction from God and, and he said to Pharaoh, like, you know, it was like, you know, Pharaoh was really hard-headed, right? So he didn't want to obey the, uh, God's command, commandment. So, you know, so Moses went, went to Pharaoh and was just like, hey, say man. <laughs> and that's what he said. I know, I'm, I know it doesn't say that in the Bible, but I believe that's what he said. He said, say man. He said, listen, 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 man, um, you got to let these people go. Um, if, if not, God's going to bring some locusts to your, to your house. I'm just saying. You, 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 you probably better let these pe people go. And so, of course, you know, Pharaoh, Pharaoh didn't listen, but that's powerful, right? Just imagine, that's great for counseling, I think. Like Moses made a good a counselor. I wish, like, I wish I was Moses. That's a great uh, uh, counseling technique. He, he came in with the staff, right, and a word from God. If you don't let his people go, man, boom, locust is going to come down, right? And, you know, a bunch of frogs start hopping around and, and, and all of that. That would be great for counseling, right, because people are hard-headed, right, <laughs> especially with couples. We have a hard time forgiving one another. It would be nice to be in, the, be in a counseling session with the staff and say, you don't want to forget, forgive, you don't want to let things go Boom, you start seeing a bunch of frogs walking, <laughs> hopping around, and all that. Amen. Amen. That would be a powerful thing. We would get ourselves together, right? We, we would change. Like, you don't have to tell me try, twice, right? If, you, if someone, I walk in a counseling session and someone has a rod and turns into a snake, I'm done. <laughs> Whatever you want me to do, you don't have to tell me twice. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to forgive. I'm a new man. Moses was powerful, man. Moses was really powerful. He was a great leader. I mean, he prayed and manna came down from the sky. I mean, he declared a fire by day and a cloud by night. I mean, a fire by night and cloud by day. Something like that. He did it, though. Right, Moses was powerful. And this who Joshua was following. And so the people there, they were used to this type of leadership, right? But it was important, it was important that Israel stopped looking back on the good old days of Moses. And embrace the new leadership and embrace this new season in their lives, right? In this walk of faith, you cannot live with your eyes in a rearview mirror. You've got to face forward. I mean, our, part of our problems in, in life right now is we always looking back on the past. I don't know if you know this or not. It's hard to look back and move forward at the same time. My question to all of us, what are we looking for? Like, it was important in order for the Israelites and Joshua to move forward. They can't be looking back 
on the good old days of, of Moses, try to bring back all the things that he did. He, he, he did. It's, it's, those days are over. This is, this is a new season. This is a new season. And this is a word for someone that's in transition right now. Stop looking back on the old days. God's saying that it's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. Something new. When God does something new in your life, it'll, it'll be great. It's going to be better. It's going to be better than the old days. Uh, I don't know. Some. So this was important. You don't understand. This is important. This is important for Joshua to know this. So, and, and God knew it, right? So Joshua would not compare himself with Moses. So God establishes his presence within Joshua. He says, he says, no one, no one or nothing, no man will stand before you all the days of your life. No man should stand before you, stand against you all the days of your life. That means it don't matter what Joshua face in this life, he will overcome because of the presence of God. Because of the presence of God. He said, no one. So whatever I'm telling you to do, no one will stand against it. I said it. Just do it. Just go, Joshua. So, it doesn't, so he will face some things. God may not remove it until he face it, but he will overcome it. So whatever is trying to stand against you right now, God is telling you, you will overcome. It will not defeat you. It will be defeated. It will be defeated. Are you with me? So that's powerful. He had to establish his presence within Joshua right at that moment. And then he, then he said, as I was, I will be, I will not as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. He did not say that he's going to do the same things he did to Moses that he would do with him. He did not say that. He said, as I was, I will be and I will not that is powerful. There's no more powerful statement in the Bible when God says, I will. I will, when God says I will, it was over 2,000 times in the Bible. That's powerful. No more powerful statement than when God says, I will. Because when God says, I will, I will. He will do it. He will do it. He's not like people, right, whose words are fickle and may not come to pass. When he says something, the Bible says God's promises are yes and amen. Yes and amen. So whatever he says he's going to do, guess what? He will do it. He will do it. It may not be the time that you expect him to do it, but he's going to do it. He will do it. Well, that's something exciting, right? So uh, Joshua needed to, to hear that so that way he won't compare himself to Moses. He says, as I was, I will be. I will not. Amen? He will do what he said. God is not a man that he shall lie. 
he's not a man that he shall lie. When he says, I will, he will. I will deliver you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will protect you. I will, I've, I've spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I will do it. I will do it. Hallelujah. So then God says to be strong and courageous. Let's think about this for a second. He's following in Moses' shoes, right? He's following after Moses. So Joshua, so Joshua didn't get a burning bush. He didn't get a staff. He didn't get manna come down from the sky. He didn't get the Ten Commandments, right? He didn't, he didn't take the bricks and make water, or the stones to make water. He, he didn't, you know, the rod didn't turn into a snake, right? He didn't get any of that. All he got was a word of encouragement. The Lord says to be strong and courageous. Amen? Man, that's, that's like, you, you like, you would think that Joshua got the short end of the stick. Like, like Lord, like you did all this in Moses' life, right? No, Moses was powerful. He accomplished all these things, and, and you, you're saying that now I am the leader. And so all you're telling me now is to be strong and courageous. You know something? We need that because we need to be um, uh, courageous, especially in this life, this challenging world right now. God knows that his people need courage, courage to get us through trials and tribulation. A lot of times we look for a miracle to get us through. But God's saying, now, Joshua, I want you to be courageous. Wow. Courageous. Are you with me? So he says he mentioned this three times to be courageous. It must mean something, right? So we're going to park here for a minute. It must mean he mentioned it three times to Joshua to be courageous, right? So three things about courage. You ready? Courage rests upon a clear assignment from God. So we need the courage. There is no such thing as courage apart from the mission, just as there is no such thing of faith apart from a challenge. Like, you need courage, right? You're not just courageous just to be courageous, but you are courageous for something. See, when God told Noah that he was going to save his family, right, he told him to build a, an ark, build, build a boat to put his family on. And he got, Noah got laughed at. But it was important that Noah was courageous, right, to build a boat, regardless of how much people uh, laughed at him, right? So Noah was supposed to focus on what God said, to be, to be courageous about what God said. Imagine if Noah, right, was, was uncomfortable at, at building the boat because uh, people would laugh at him. Imagine where he would be. He would have died with the rest of them, right? He would have died with the rest. It took courage. 
It took courage for him to, to, to build the boat. Sometimes God causes us to do something that doesn't make sense. He said, all I need is your courage. Just, just take that step and just do what, I, what I'm calling you. I don't need your resume. I don't need your profile. Amen. I don't need your, your profile, right? So it's just like, like God doesn't care how we are wired. He doesn't care how we are wired. Like, he didn't care that Moses said, you know, I, I, I stutter, God. I, I, can't, I, I can't go and, 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 and do what you're calling me to do because, because I stutter. That God said, I don't care how you're wired. Just do what I called you to do. I'll, I'll do the rest. All you need is courage. Courage is taking that step, and I'll do the rest. Sometimes it's just one step that God needs from us to be brave to be uncomfortable, right? And when, when, it, when things don't make sense, if God said it, to just take that step, he's going to do the rest. Am I preaching to anyone today? Is anyone receiving what the Lord is saying to us today? He said, it's a, it didn't matter. See, no, um, Joshua needs to focus on the assignment. Courage rests upon a clear assignment from God. So what are the things God has prepared you to do? He says to be courageous. Have you sat down to reassess your call? It's going to take courage, whatever God is calling you to do. What are those things that God has given you a passion for? Your courage will, will rise when you have confidence in the call. Your courage will rise when you have confidence in the call. See, most, most people leave their assignments because of confusion and lack of courage. A lack of courage. It's, it's, so it's just like, okay, well, that didn't work. Let me start something new. This relationship didn't work, so let me get a new one. I'm, 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 just, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Um, so let's move on because we need to move on. <laughs> That's not what we're here for today. So the three things we're talking about, we, three things we're talking about courage, three, three things about courage. So courage rests upon a clear assignment from God. Then courage rests upon the assurance of God's presence. He said to, to Joshua, be courageous. I will be with you some places you will go. He says, I will be with you just on Sundays when you come to church. He says, I'll only be with you in your home. Only when you pray. He says, I will be with you wherever you go. This proves something. That the presence of God is where? It's within us. It's, it's within us. He said, I will be with you wherever you go. I will be with you wherever you go. Every assignment that God gives us is also his primary means of sanctifying the leader. Some of us are getting burnt out because we are separating the sanctification process from our ministry. I know that's kind of a churchy word, right? Sanctify, sanctification. It really means set, being set apart. It's being, it means set apart. So the very thing that God is using to draw us to himself is 
his calling upon us. His calling is a statement of his presence. It's a statement of his presence. See, so, so, and God wants to set us apart. Whatever he, he's calling you to do in the future, in your new season, he wants to set you apart right now. That's right. Amen. So a lot of times we're praying and, and, and to God about our transition, and God shows us forgiveness, unforgiveness. We're like, what? That's not, that's, that's not what I asked for. That's, that's, not what, that's not what I asked. So a lot of times we're praying for our transition, stuff like, oh, I'm, I'm excited for a new season, God. And he shows us a lack of trust. Wow. Like, that's, that's, not, that's not what I asked for. That's not, that's not what, I, what I asked for. Amen. Um, so a lot of times we're praying, we're praying, and we're asking God for our transition. We're asking God, like, Lord, what do you do? I'm excited for a new season. And he, saw, he, and he shows us a lack of patience. Because God wants to set us apart, right? So you cannot win future battles if you're not set apart from your past battles. You will never win your future battles if you're not set apart from your past battles. So you have to understand, when, when, when God was calling the Israelites into the promised land, they had to fight. They, they had to fight when they got there, right? So they, so God wants us to set us apart now before he, he sends us to the place that we're supposed to be. Amen? So you cannot move mountains until you move the one in front of you. So we're looking to get ahead. We're looking to get into a new season of our life. God said, well, what about the mountain in front of you. Like we get excited about God called me to be a mountain mover. God called me to be a a giant slayer. But you can't slay a giant until you face one. What about the giant in front of you? And it's it's about what you've been praying for. And God answered your prayers, but you ignore it because it's not the way that you wanted. It's not what you wanted to hear. Like you're praying for your transition, you know, uh, you're excited about the new season. God's saying, but what about the unforgiveness? It's a big old mountain right in front of you. Why don't you speak to that mountain? It says mountain, be moved up in this place. What about the giant in front of you? You're going to look for new giants in the future, but this old giant is right in your face and keep tormenting you, right? Keep tormenting your, your plans that God has for you, and you won't slay that giant. So we look for big, 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 and God shows us small, 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 small things that's, that's more powerful than the big, 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 big that you're praying for. Move that mountain that's in front of you now. Now. You still love me? Courage. Courage. Like Joshua didn't get a staff. He didn't get a burning bush, right, to to encourage him to to move forward. God said, just... 
be courageous. Just, just be courageous. So we're talking about three things uh, about courage. So courage is action and not a feeling. Courage is action and not a feeling. You know, I love talking about feelings because we like to feel things. Feelings are important. God, give, God gave us feelings, right? Emotions. There's not, nothing wrong with them until they start leading us. Feelings. We're touchy-feely people. So courage is, courage is action, not a feeling. Oh, check out the attributes of, of God. Well, first of all, uh, uh, so this was courage is. Courage is feeling fear, yet choosing to act. Like, you know, I know the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but doesn't mean that we're not going to feel fear. But he has not given us the spirit of fear, right? It's a call to courage. So sometimes we have to do things afraid. That's what courage is, doing things when you are afraid, doing what God tells you to do afraid. Am I speaking to someone today? But check, check out the attributes of, of God. I want us to take this away fr from us, right? Um, I, I want to read this, too, so that way we can, we can um, get every single word out of this. This has been important, the attributes of, of courage. Being a good courage means to possess an inner quality that enables a person to confront danger and difficulty without fear, with, with calmness, boldness, confidence, strength, and trust. You got that? So, so to be of good courage is to possess an inner quality, an inner quality that enables a person to confront danger and difficulty without fear and with calmness, boldness, confidence, strength, and trust. So courage is trusting God even when my fears and doubts wants to be in charge. He says to be, be courageous, be courageous. See, before you can possess what God is calling you to do, you must first possess the courage to carry you through. I love this quote by Nelson Mandela. It says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the strength over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. That's what courage is. It's about conquering fear. We are going to be afraid. God doesn't expect us not to be afraid. But he said, I've not given you the spirit of fear. It's a call to courage. It's a call to courage. So do what God's calling you to do. Afraid. Afraid. See, two things that they had to do, the Israelites had to do, that required action. 
because courage is action and not a feeling. So they had to cross over and they had to possess what we just talked about, right? So it says, let's just reread this in Joshua 1, 11. It says, prepare your provisions for yourself. W within three days, you will cross over this Jordan to, to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Right? So they needed, so they, they needed courage. It re, it, so it required action because it was a long journey. Remember, they were on foot. It's, take, it's going to take them three days to get there. They, they couldn't call an Uber. Nobody had a vehicle, right? There's no public transportation. They couldn't take a plane to get there. They were on foot. They were on foot. And they had to, it was a long journey. It was not a short trip at all. So they needed courage to carry them through. See, this is where it becomes most difficult. When you're about to cross over into a new season, you are on the precipice of possessing what God's given you, then weariness starts to creep, creep in because of the long journey, because of the length of, of the journey. Amen. Some people stop reading the word. They stop, they stop, they stop praying because it's too long. It's be, it's, it's be beginning to be too long, and it's just hard. Sometimes it's hard for us to wait. It's hard for us to wait. But the ability to endure deepens your resolve. Come on. The ability to uh, endure, it deepens your resolve. If you act courageously, you will become more courage. God is with you. He'll be He'll only strengthen you when you raise that leg and put it forward. He cannot steer a parked car. We're waiting. We're waiting. And God's saying, courage. Courage. We wait and we wait. God says, courage. Courage. And we wait and we wait. God says, courage. Courage. So they had to, the Israelites had to cross over the Jordan. That's an action. They have to cross, they had to cross over. That means that they had to do something. They had to do something, right? And it's just, all they had to do is just keep putting that leg forward. And God would do the rest. They were just going after, they were pursuing the presence of God. They were pursuing the presence of God. And that when you act courageously, you become more courage. You get more courage. Amen? So they, had, so they had to cross over, and then they had to possess. So that means that they had to fight. It was a spiritual warfare when they, when they got there. Amen? So God reminded Joshua about the promise, right? But when they got there, the people in the land was, wasn't just going to give it to them. So whatever God's calling you to do, the enemy is not going to just hand it over to you. You, you, you have to fight for it. Amen. When we, when we first started this, this church, amen, we, it, it, you know, I'm going to come on, Pastor Lewis, Frida. It, we, we had to fight for it. 
we're still fighting now. When, you, when you're doing things um, on the Lord, when you're doing things that God called you to do, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, right? It's gonna, you have to fight for it. You have to keep fighting. Amen? God said, all I need is your courage. I'll, I'll do the rest. And every day he's going to need, it's that he requires courage from us. Amen? It, things that God's calling you to do will not be easy. It's not supposed to be. That's why he called you to it. Amen. But he's going to show up. He, he said to Joshua, he said to Joshua that I will be with you wherever you go. Doesn't that matter? Doesn't that mean something to us? Like God's telling us wherever he go, wherever your assignment is, whatever he's calling you to, I will be with you. That means he's going to use you. That means you are anointed for that assignment. Amen? But don't allow the enemy to steal it. Don't allow the enemy to steal your assignment. Amen? God has set you apart for that assignment. And he said to Joshua, and he's saying this to us today, that no man, not nothing, no challenge will stand against you all, all the days of your life. Hallelujah. Isn't that powerful? Proverbs um, 3, 25 to 26 says, you need not to be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked, for the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Hallelujah. That is powerful. So after he established his presence in Joshua, he actually, in this text, he actually told Joshua, and he's telling us how to really build courage, right? He says, he talked about his word. He's, he talked about his word. Read his word, speak his word, and do his word. Read it, speak it, and do it. Come on, say it with me. Read it, speak it, and do it. It's because courage is anchored by the word of God. So think about it. When Joshua was, move, when they were moving forward, they were moving forward based on the word that God's given them. He said, he said to Joshua, you don't need a staff. You don't need a burning bush. You don't need all those things. All you need is my word. Just go. Just go. So it says here in our text that to read it, he says, only be strong and, and very courageous that you may observe, observe to do accordingly to all the, the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to the left, to, to, um, to, the, to the right, or no, to turn to the right and to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So if you don't read the word of God, you will not possess what it says. You won't possess any of the promises because you're not reading it, right? The word of God establishes presence in us. God's presence brings everything in order. And when we read it, it says, you will prosper wherever you go. 
Yes. That's amazing, right? If we read the word of God, it, we will prosper wherever we go. It's not, a, it's not misquoted. That's what it says, right? It said we will prosper we, wherever we go. See, ultimately, success for a Christian is filling your God-given purpose. And it says to meditate on the, on the scripture, meditate and observe everything that is written. Do not turn to the left and to the right. Right. So when we meditate on the scriptures, very important. Meditating is like rolling it over in our mind over and over again. You take that scripture, you med meditate on it over and over again. I have to I have to stick uh, Zach out for a minute. Um, so he calls me like random, just random calls. And he's like, Pastor, Pastor, man, well, I've been reading this scripture, man. I don't, it's just messing with me, man. He's just messing with me. He talk about the scripture. You know, he just he says, man, I've been thinking about this, been thinking about this scripture, been thinking about it, been thinking about it. He said, I want your take on it. I want your take on it. Right. I, mean, I don't know how many phone calls I got for him saying that. But that's great. He's reading his word. Right. But he's meditating. That's a perfect example. He's been talking. He said, I've been rolling over my head over. And over. he said, what, what does this actually mean? What does it mean? And, so, and sometimes, you know, if God gives me the revelation, I'll tell him. But then I, I say, you know, no, keep rolling it over. And keep thinking about it. Right. We have that. We keep keep thinking about it in, the, in, in your mind. So that's what meditating is rolling over over in your mind. So when, you, when we meditate on the word of God, it actually teaches us how to pray. You cannot pray the same for every situation. So as we meditate on the word of God, it, it literally teaches us how to pray because you have an understanding of what the scriptures and then you can use it for spiritual warfare. You can you can use it for um, any in, in any challenge that you, you have in your life. So I, 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 you know, have a tendency to ask God, teach me how to pray for this situation. And he wants to give me a scripture. I meditate on the scripture over and over. Now I know how to pray for a, a circumstance. I know how to pray for, for someone. Right. Because we don't know God's will for anyone. Right. So we just ask, so God, teach me how to pray. Because the disciples said to Jesus, teach, teach us how to pray. God, for this situation, teach me how to pray. What am I supposed to pray? What am I supposed to pray? Mm. Yes. And we know that the enemy will try to steal that word. So it's good that we meditate that word, which that word gets gets into our hearts. Amen. So he says to, to uh, read it, and he says to speak it. He says, do not let the word depart from your mouth. Talk about it. Isaiah 51, 16 says, and I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundation of the earth, and say to Zion that you are my people. Do you know God evaluates good communication? His words bear fruit. His words get, get results. His word will perform his will. His word will satisfy the soul of the hearer. God evaluates good communication. When he, whatever he says has a purpose for it. It will bear fruit. Are you ev evaluating your communication? For any situation that you're going through, he says to, to speak it, speak the word. Are you speaking the word of God over your situation or just over your loved one? Are you speaking 
Are you evaluating your communication? What kind of fruit does your communication produce? My wife said something really powerful the other day. She said, your words can tear down what God is raising up. Words are powerful, man. Words, words tear people down. Your words can lift people up. Your words can move people forward. Your words can keep people stuck. Words are powerful. Are you evaluating your communication? I'm going to move on for that one because this is the way I see people looking right now. They may not like what it's saying. Then he says, read it, speak it, and then do it. Oh, my God, do the word. Do a court. It says, do according to all that is written in it. Then it says, for then. <laughs> it says, for then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Wow. We're looking for success sometimes in wrong places. To be successful according to this text, it's saying that we ought to read the word of God. We ought to speak the word of God and we ought to do the word of God. When we do the word of God, we will have good success. We need to perform what the word is saying. I know this may sound churchy to some of you, but where we're wanting to be successful, it's in the Bible. Like, I don't want to do this for no reason. Like, you know, I wouldn't go to church if, if it wasn't for the purpose that I have on my life. And the love, first the love that I have for, for Christ. And, and, you know, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm about purpose. It's like, okay, so why, you know, so if God's telling me that the way that I'm going to have success, well, I need, to read, I need to read the word. If I'm not reading the word, why, why am I going to come to church? What does that mean? I don't understand. Right? So I'm going to read the word of God. That gives us success. James 1, talks about being doers of the words and not hearers only, right? I'm just reading it really quick. To be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. I love that part. <laughs> he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So it's just so what it what James is basically saying, right, is this is, is this that if you don't read the word of God, nothing will change. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're the same person. But when you read the word of God, you look in the mirror, you be like, hey, 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 wow, you look a little different today. You look pretty good. The word of God changes us, right? Is anybody with me this morning? We don't see a lot of doers in the body of Christ these days. Knowing is not the same as doing. <laughs> Knowing is not the same as doing. If you know something, do something. If you know the word of God, just do it. God was looking for action for Joshua. Amen. This proves that we must do something. Do something. So just because you got a word from God doesn't mean that you stop pursuing him for it. 
I'm speaking to those that are in transition right now. Just because you got a word from God doesn't mean that you stop pursuing him for it. It still needs to be pursued with purpose. Amen. You have a word, now go and possess it. Amen. Well, it's a charge to someone here today. Stop sitting on the promises of, of God, the promise that God's given you, and go and get up and do something. Courage is an action. It is an action. Amen. So we need to stop wasting time and just get up and do what God is calling us to do. What else are you waiting for? Amen. God's saying that be courageous. Be courageous. Sometimes in order for us to overcome some things, we just have to take that step just to be courageous. Amen. See, God wants to break addiction in, in this place today. He says, be courageous. Come on, God, God, God's calling you to confront something in your life. He's saying, be courageous. Amen. God's calling you to a new career. He says to be, be courageous. God's calling you to a new season. He says to be courageous. He says he wants action, action action and he'll do the rest and he'll do the rest he'll do the rest amen courage 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 God's calling us to courage here today come on stand with me see God will not come knocking at your door he wants us to knock Pursue what God's calling you to do. The presence of God needs to be pursued. Courage. Amazing. The call of Joshua's life. Right? He didn't give, get his staff. Joe's, um, um, uh, Moses just was a great leader. I mean, was, he led a thousand, I mean, just thousands of people out of slavery. He talked to a burning bush. God was in a burning bush. God spoke to him. Moses went up to the mountain. He got the Ten Commandments from the Lord. Joshua didn't do that. He just told Joshua, just be courageous. Because courage is the thing we need to carry us through the times we are living in right now. That courage is God's spirit that's in us today. It's, 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 it's within us. The presence of God is within us. God is speaking to his spirit that's in us. And he's looking for that spirit to leap inside of us. So I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what God's calling you to. But here's my question. My question is this. What will you do today to be courageous? What will you do today to be courageous? I'm going to have my prayer team come up right now. This is an important um, call for today. The first the number one important call is if you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, is your call to courage today. You're saying, I, 
I've been keeping my eye on you. And I'm calling you to myself today, the Lord will say. Sometimes it takes courage to, to step out of that old life into what God's calling you to. So if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just want you to put up your hand. If you are online, um, just make sure you contact us because we want to pray for you. Um, talk, talk to you about what this whole thing is, um, salvation. Um, so if you've never received it, just, just lift, lift up your hand. So my second call today is it's a call to courage. And I want you to come forward today. Whatever challenge you may have or whatever assignment God's given you, um, I want our team, uh, I want more uh, pastors up here and, and people praying because all I want you to pray is the spirit of courage over people. I want us to pray the spirit of courage over people. Whatever that assignment is, the great call in your life, God said you don't need to compare yourself to anyone else. All you need is courage to do what I'm asking you to do. Because I've already set you apart for what I'm calling you to. All he's looking for is courage, is that, that one step forward, that one step. And that's what he's asking from us today. Who will step forward in courage today? So if that's you today, I'm going to open up the altars and Elijah's going to uh, sing and we're going we're gonna to pray for people um, at the same time and and then we'll close out the service. So who wants to be courageous today? It is your time. It is your moment. God is calling you something special. It's going to take courage to get you through. I hope you receive something from this message today. The altars are open if you want to receive prayer this morning.